Welcome to the Endurance Project. My name is Chris, your host, aka CJ Media, from Instagram and YouTube. Today we sit down with Reed Wasser. He is a Wim Hof instructor as well as a Capoeira instructor. Also on the show, Katie Bishop, last week's guest, the one that's helping me with all of my nutrition, down 12 pounds in six weeks. Yeah, we had such a great time last week that we've decided she should just be a regular on the show and help me co-host going forward. Before we hop into the show, I just want to say if you are enjoying the show, there are a few ways you can help support it. All of the money I make from my YouTube channel, as well as from my Patreon supporters and through the Endurance brand, is all donated every month to a different charity focused on preserving and protecting our planet. One of the ways you can help support the show is by leaving a review on whatever app you're using, whether it's Spotify or iTunes Podcasts or Google, whatever it is, leave a review that really helps people discover the show. The second thing you can do is head over to YouTube and check out my channel, CJ Media, where I am creating videos documenting the life balance of training for events like ultra runs and Ironmans, as well as balancing raising two girls, a career, family, friends, all of those things. So head over to YouTube. I would love to have you as a subscriber. The third way you could support the show is through Patreon. Join my Patreon team and you will get early access to all of these podcasts as well as my YouTube videos. And last but not least is Endurus.com. All of the products up there I've created and all of the proceeds are donated to charity as well. But that's enough of me talking. Let's get to the show. All right. Well, we are recording and we are back again this week. I uh, actually have Katie back on the show with me. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. How are you? Good. The show went so well last week that uh, we decided we would do it again and she might uh, show up more often and kind of bring a different perspective. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. So I'm ready for it. Cool. How are you doing this week? Doing good. It's been a busy week. The weather here in Seattle has been quite nice. Read, yes. you would enjoy it. Um, it's not cloudy. Not cloudy. It's not still. cloudy. It was a typical Seattle day yesterday where it was like 63 and cloudy and overcast. And I'm actually really enjoying those days for the fact that Mount Rainier has almost no snow on it. Every single day we have a day like that, it makes me feel better inside about the environment and the world. <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, really thankful for those days now where, you know, I used to complain a lot. I used to be a naysayer and want the sun to be out this time of year. Now I'm like, please bring the clouds, bring the rain, bring what we need, you know? Um, so it's been great. Yeah. I had a long, I had a, a good day so far out at the university working with the athletes out there. Had three personal training clients before that, getting ready for some nutrition one-on-ones after this. So life is good. Can't complain. Doing what awesome. I love, staying busy, staying on track. How was your night- training this morning? It was good. Yeah. The other night you texted me, yeah. you're like, I'm headed out for a run. I was like, wait, it's like really late. What? It's a totally different lives. Uh, if it doesn't yeah. happen before seven uh, or if it do- if it happens after 7 a.m., it's not happening. Right. And you're like headed out for your run at 7 p.m. Yeah. Well, it's been crazy, you know, since I am typically the morning person who likes to get up in the morning. It's kind of like my quiet hour and my meditative time. And, um, but since I transitioned over full time um, to my true passion, which is nutrition and wellness, that you could say, um, my schedule changed a lot, right? So I see clients at 6 a.m. now, so I'm not really able to get those, you know, workouts in that I used to get in in the morning. So I kind of have to rearrange the schedule. So some of my runs or my limping <laughs> is what I'll call it right now. My my walk run limp um, is happening more at night. So yeah, but it's okay. When I initially started running, uh, I was running more at night anyways because of my work schedule. So, you know, yep. time to learn yep. some new routines. I know. It's it's one of those things where as I get closer to races, I always, especially going to Arizona, it'll be warm. So I'll force myself to do some later runs in the day when it's hot and and I don't want to do it basically. Yeah. Or I'm tired yeah. in the evenings. I've started doing a track workout um, on Wednesday nights. And right now it's still... 80, 90 degrees at that time. So it's just, it takes That's a little good prep to for get Arizona. the body. I know it takes a little to get the body going. You know, it's funny. I say the older I get, 
every uh, decade older is another 10 minutes I have to warm up before I actually feel like I can run. So now it's about 45 minutes before I actually feel like I can do some 800s on a track. I'm like, I need a good four and a half miles before I can run fast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like the first three miles of any run for me is like the warm up. You know, I'm like, and after three miles is when I'm finally able to like break that plateau of like, why is everything tight? Why is everything sore? No matter like how much warming up I've done, it's always been like that three mile mark. I don't know what it is. Well, cool. Well, no, training's going good. I snuck in a track workout last night. I was supposed to do a hill repeat uh, workout this morning, but I snuck in this track workout and my coach saw it. So he changed my workout today and made me just do an easy run today. And, uh, it's going well. I did weigh yesterday. I didn't tell you I weighed yesterday. Um, Mm -hmm. I was basically, I think 195 flat. So I had gone, you know, I was 201 and I had that mm-hmm. huge swing, water weight swing after the trip. And then I was down to 140, 190, 140, 194.7. Like, so, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm like 195. So I'm sitting yeah. right there at that, uh, awesome. you know, 11 and a half ish pounds. So we'll see next week where I'm at. Yeah. So. Yeah. The body's responding. The body's happy at that spot, it seems like right yeah. now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, let's not make our guest wait any longer. I'm excited actually, because I have been watching uh, our guest for a while, just from a distance through yourself and some other mutual friends knowing of of Reed um, and just seeing what he does and then also being very interested in the whole Winhoff method and watching some of the videos and it's, it's been something that's been very intriguing for me as an endurance athlete and also being in the last couple of years, very new to meditation and kind of mindset training and yoga and just kind of that whole very, um, kind of awareness of your thoughts and your body and, and all of those things. So it's been something I've been interested in, watched a lot of videos on. So, um, I'll just introduce Reed Wasser as our guest today. How you doing, Reed? Good. Good. It's really good to be here. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, no, I actually know of you because of Katie. So um, I don't know uh, a little of your guys' background. Yeah, uh, I met Katie in Seattle a couple of years ago. I teach capoeira as well. So I'm a Wim Hof Method uh, level two instructor. I learned the method directly from Wim Hof, studying with him at his academy. Um, and so I teach that. But also as a passion, I teach capoeira, which is an Afro-Brazilian martial art that's existed for about 400 years, and that uh, I study with a master from Brazil, from an old master, who's also here in Long Beach, California, which is where I'm at. But I was in Seattle for a while, and I had like a small little private school and, uh, you know, dedicated towards capoeira movement. Um, and uh, we would always shuffle in, um, you know, Wim Hof method techniques, breathing, meditation, and all that as well. So uh, that was what, two years ago? Has it been two years, Katie? Yeah, two years. I think like we initially met like in passing at Banya. Um, And then yeah, and then through mutual friends more closely after that. Um, And I just have to say that Reed has been a very monumental piece of my life and my practice. Um, I was at a time period where I had always been uh, like Chris, you know, doing CrossFit for many years then more of a functional bodybuilding approach. I'd recently gotten into yoga more and I was kind of starting to shift my perspective um, for myself. For The only way I can explain it is like, I didn't feel good in my body in a way that I felt like very tight, constricted. Um, just, I, that's just the only way I can explain it, right? Um, and then I was slowly introduced to Capoeira as well. Uh, and I just fell in love with it. So Reed is my Capoeira instructor. Um, and for me, it is very much so a spiritual practice more than a physical practice. Um, I can go into Capoeira, you know, feeling very, I shouldn't say down, but just low energy. Cause I can tell I have like energy that I need to release. Um, and whenever, you know, it, even if it's just 15 minutes, you know, after working through Capoeira, cause it makes you work through processes and, um, it was, and also it was, I was a beginner and that's what I was looking for. Like I wanted to be a beginner at something again. Um, and feel uncomfortable. Um, and Reed was really able to explain, um, you know, the, the culture and the history behind the Capoeira. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's music and dance and the martial art. And there's, there's so much that I won't go into it. Reed is much more capable of explaining things before I get on really 
long-winded spiel that I already have done. Um, but I just wanted to make sure, you know, that Reed knows too that he's just been a very monumental part of my life. I've been to his Wim Hof classes and he's just an amazing, amazing instructor. So Reed, I'm super happy that you're here today and it's so good to see your face too. <laughs> wow, thank you. Yeah, I always see uh, Katie posting or, or you guys posting and it's, for those who don't know what it is, it's a, it's a very elegant movement. I'll say, right. It's, it's a, it is a dance of martial arts is, is what it appears to as a, an outsider. And it's just very fluid, which is very cool, which is almost when you're really good at yoga, it becomes very fluid, fluid. Me, I'm not very fluid even at yoga. So it doesn't look as nice as it should, but, uh, yeah, you guys make it look, uh, you make it look very graceful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Capoeira is all about flow states and finding flows you know, in the mind and in the body as well. So uh, it's, it's, it's all rhythm and coordination and it's like a ritual and there's all these nuances and there's a communication that takes place between the music, between the musicians and the movers. And then the movers are doing this body language that can be either very elegant and very like dance-like and look coordinated, although it's always improvised. And then, you know, there's a spectrum because it also goes all the way up until, um, you know, uh, engagement and fighting. And, um, and so there's all these different games that we, that we ritualize in capoeira that go from like more slow, ritualistic, symbolic, all the way through till, to like, you're beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. There's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, fun surprises in the game. It's great. That's cool. Yeah. When you speak of rituals, it's funny. Uh, another thing is I've gotten older. I think I've become, uh, I, I, I enjoy the rituals of things, right? Mm -hmm. Certain things um, become very, um, I guess, ritualistic for me, like making coffee, pour over coffee, the the process of grinding the beans, the smell of the beans, weighing them, you know, heating the water. There's the whole process is, is, is a ritual and it's very calming. Absolutely. And it's I find that I interesting gravitate. That. It's movement. Really what it is, is you're doing, you're doing um, consistent coordinated movements that, that also, that involve all five senses. And so it puts the nervous ritual, puts the nervous system into states of consciousness that we can control. But the more we do it, the, the more the nervous system snaps into its trance-like state. And trance-like state is very healing. Um, and it's something that it's like this sort of like uh, forgotten, you know, part of why, you know, long-term exercise, long-term movement makes us feel good and how trance-like states allow us access to endorphins and and uh, endogenous feel-good hormones. And even something as simple as like the way we make coffee, like the, the Zen monk would say, the way, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And uh, it's, it's powerful. Ritual is a powerful missing element in today's culture, I think. Yeah, 100%. We're such an immediate gratification from uh, coffee pods to Amazon Prime. If if, yep. if it's not delivered in two days, I'm, I'm I don't want it. Bigger, better, faster. That's it. <laughs> oh, care about. Yeah. Quality. I know. How long do I have to wait for this? Okay, I'm done. No patience. Mm -hmm. Which removes mm -hmm. the ability to tap into deeper levels of consciousness, states of consciousness, because the nervous system you know, generally takes a little bit of time to get into a state. Like you were saying, it takes three miles, four and a half miles to warm up. I notice I, I jog, I don't run. I got, I got some knee things and um, I'm just, I just well, never really got that great at it, but I love doing it. more of a jog. <laughs> it makes me feel. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. still like, moving for that amount of time. I do it on the beach. I go, I do some barefoot jogging. I do a little bit on concrete um, and I do the, I do about three times a week. I'll go four to six miles. And yeah, after three and a half, four miles, when I start feeling good, it's, it's great. My body goes from tight to loose. My mindset goes from sort of frustrated to like, you know, euphoric and blissful and hope. Like, actually I would describe, I ran two days ago on the beach and I felt really hopeful after about four miles. It was crazy. My confidence changed my whole psychological state. My body went from my, my calves were hurting. I had things in my feet and weird aches and like I could, couldn't get really deep breaths. And it just, it's my whole state from the, down to the, you know, down to the molecules. I could feel it. I could feel it change. 
Yeah, I find uh, what for me there's obviously that warming up and there's all of that, and then it's it's almost it takes that long for my breathing to get in to the cycle where it's not super labored. Uh, mm. I find my heart rate is really high when I first start and then it mm. starts to settle in and, and, uh, yeah. So it's just like all of those things need to align and, yeah. and, and calm down a little bit. Yeah. It takes, it takes time to cultivate that state. It yeah. really does. It's a powerful thing. However, now, how long? Method, oh, Wim Hof method works the same way. You know, it takes the consistency, it takes time in the ice water. It takes time really doing difficult breathing practices to really get the hang of it, to open up, to warm up, to where it really starts to work on your nervous system, to where, for example, you get really good at it. And now you can control your heartbeat by thinking about it, or you can heat your body up, you know, just with the power of your mind, you can, you can tell your body, you know, the processes, you create the neural circuits, um, to have some control over the autonomic nervous system, which is like, you know, it's a powerful thing. It's sort of the, the crux of the Wim Hof method uh, ethos and practice. Yeah. I was going to give it a very basic from, uh, my, my level of knowledge in mm -hmm. knowing that essentially it's three tiers or three, I don't know if they're tiers, pillars. but you've got we call them pillars. pillars and mm -hmm. you've got the breathing portion. There is the, um, obviously the cold submersion portion. Mm -hmm. And then it's a uh, commitment, I believe is Mindset. the, is the, mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, I, I that's why I want you on here so you can kind of talk about those and explain what they are. But, um, mm. because I definitely want to come down and do one of your seminars. So that's for sure. Yeah. Nice. We got some in October, man, if you're around. Nice. October. Yeah. That would be awesome. The 23rd are fundamentals and on the 24th is an advanced. So you be can do perfect. If you're already doing practices, you can come straight to the advanced, but if you go to the fundamentals, you could also like book the advanced right after that. No problem. It's good stuff. And yeah, speaking as someone who's been to both, um, I would even recommend, even if you are, it's been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, when, when you think, you know, everything is when you stop learning. Right. So I think even taking that fundamentals course before going into the advanced, it's, it's so valuable and you're going to take away so much more, um, going into that second day. So plus you get, a, you know, you get to do the cold plunge twice. So <laughs> why wouldn't you? Wonderful. <laughs> so I guess Reed, I'll have you maybe explain, um, in, in layman's terms, uh, what, what is the Wim Hof method for someone that doesn't know anything about it? Sure. Wim Hof method is a uh, practice made, um, to, uh, optimize health, um, upregulate the immune system and ultimately give the practitioner the ability to influence their autonomic nervous system, which is, um, was thought of to be impossible until this man, Wim Hof, um, who became an expert in this practice. Now this practice has its roots in ancient cultures from around the world, primarily Tibet, um, but you find these practices in Africa and ancient Peru, um, in indigenous cultures, the Japanese, ancient uh, Japanese Shinto um, lineages of um, cold exposure um, and, and breath work. So Wim mastered a series of these practices. He was a great yogi. Um, and then in order to raise awareness and get some, you know, his public image and all of that, he started doing world record stunts and he won 30 world records. Um, for example, he climbed to Mount Everest in the death to the death zone in his swimming trunks. He ran a, an, a, a, a marathon above the Arctic circle in the snow with no shoes on, no clothes on, just swimming trunks, ran a whole 26 point, what is it? Whatever miles. That's insane. He did the same thing in a Namibian desert in 120 degrees with no water. Um, he, uh, he had the longest time in ice, like fully up to ice, up to his neck for two hours. Um, so he has 30 world records, um, got the interest of science, and they started to study him um, and uh, were able to verify that he can influence his immune system. He can upregulate his immune system um, at will. And he can, he has control over his autonomic nervous system. For example, he can control his skin temperature. Um, they put him uh, at Wayne State University, they put him in a cold suit. Um, and without even doing his breath work in an MRI, he was able to go into the periaqueductal gray matter. They were measuring his brain waves. It lit up like a Christmas tree, which is the deepest part of the brain, the reptilian brain. And as they flushed freezing cold water on his skin, he was able to heat his body to the point where his body got warmer. So his skin temperature dropped a little bit when the water came, they show like a scale 
And then after, I don't know, a minute or two after he was concentrating, his skin temperature went up and even got warmer than it was before they flushed him with ice cold water. So that means that he can influence his nervous system, which um, literally is changing biology textbooks. They wrote, they, they're writing chapters now, like in biology now, which is a new uh, biology textbook. There's a whole chapter on Wim Hof because what they once thought, what science once thought was not able to be influenced, uh, now we know that a human being can influence it without having to take a drug um, or any exogenous um, stimuli. So it's it has a lot of powerful implications for medicine, uh, science, um, you know, fitness, health, the world of you know inner consciousness and meditation. Um, all of this is being scientifically. This is stuff that yogis have known about for a long time, but that the rest of us are like, oh yeah, that that guy's just a special case, or you know, who wants to dedicate their lives to meditating in a cave? or whatever it is, now we know that within a few days of this practice, you can boost your immune system up 200%. They took they took four people, they, they took 12 people who had never practiced this method. They gave them to Wim, Wim took them to his retreat for four days. And after four days, they shot all 12 of them with an endotoxin, E. coli. And in 15 minutes, all 12 patient, all 12 case studies were able to neutralize the cytokine storm and none of them got sick. Um, just with breathing and with a couple days of freezing their body and learning how to control the nervous system, they were able to control their immune system and they didn't get sick. And so this obviously has some, you know, pretty, um, that's why it's really sort of like, it's not, it's not because it's a funny guy running around on Instagram, which it is a funny old man. <laughs> I mean, that gets, that gets some attention, but really what's putting it on the map and the reason why it's not just a fad is because all this science is coming out around it. They use Wim Hof like a guinea pig. And they're doing all these crazy tests and it's the science is like adding up. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, so the, is the breathing technique, the, is that what helps you with the cold submersion? Is it, is that part of the, so you learn the breathing and then you're practicing that and then you apply that yes. in the water. Is that essentially? Yeah. That's the, that's like the main, that's like the main practice. So I would call that the fundamental practice is you do the rounds of breath work um, and then you sit and you visualize the cold water and you try to get your, you try to visualize the reaction of your physiology to the cold water. So you do your breathing, let's say for 15 minutes, you do the basic breath work. And in 15 minutes, you're going to create, you're going to breathe off CO2 and uh, create respiratory alkalosis, which means that your blood and tissue are going to be about 50% more alkaline for about four hours after only 15 minutes of breathing, which raises your pain threshold and allows your nervous system to go into a flow state so that when you go into the cold water, the nervous system and the body is able to acclimate and, uh, and adjust more rapidly because in an alkaline state, your neurotransmitters and your hormones and your nervous system and your neurons and everything is in this optimized state. Um, so it helps. Now, advanced practice, we do cold therapy with no breathing, not always. But we we play with that, and that's also part of like no like intentional like breath work because you can learn and you can train the thermogenesis response, which is your body's natural ability to heat itself from the inside. You can train it just with the power of your mind. It's just much easier and much more direct if you create the the right inner environment through breathing and through oxygenating your your cells and your mitochondria because really it's a mitochondrial process. You know, heating the body. As you guys know, as um, you know, fitness gurus, people that I deeply, deeply respect and learn from. I, I follow you both. I mean, Katie, you know, like I'm, I'm on it. Like I'm, I'm like I learn. I'm, I'm here to learn from the masters of this. Yeah. I'm yeah. not a fitness guy, right? Like I'm like an inner consciousness. Like I believe in fitness. It's great, um, but it takes me a little more motivation. I'm, I'm kind of more of a heady type, you know. Um, and uh, uh, this um, understanding how mitochondria works on a metabolic level, and then. Mitochondria is what creates inner heat. Um, when you when you do the breathing, you stimulate the mitochondria because mitochondria, as you know, it can uh, create adenosine triphosphate ATP, which is energy in the body. But when there's oxygen in the cell, when oxygen is able to really get to the mitochondria, the did he did we lose uh, Chris? Are you there? Nope. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, when there when the when the oxygen gets to the mitochondria. Um, it creates 16 times the energy um, than if it was just burning glucose. So breathing really helps. Long answer, short. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not 100% necessary. Um, but the fundamental practice is 
uh, deep breath work, um, meditative, meditative visualization, and um, cold exposure. And by cold exposure, anything from a cold shot, daily cold shower, all the way up to ice baths and alpine lakes and climbing mountains in our swimming trunks. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Katie, as someone who's done this, uh, was your first experience in the water compared to doing it later? Did, did it get easier? Did you feel, do you, do you, do you feel something? So I was, um, when I first started doing like, so to speak, like cold water therapy or cold water sessions, however you want to call it. Um, I was actually, it was when I started going to Banya, which for those of you who don't know, it was a Russian bathhouse here in Seattle. It's awesome. They have a cold plunge pool. I think, what is it? 42 degrees, three, somewhere it's around there. 42 and 47 usually. Yeah. Um, so I started in that, um, and literally like what I had to tell myself, which is what a friend told me, he was like, you know, once you get to that point where it's like, everything hurts, <laughs> you know, and things start hurting, like. Um, it's like, this is, this is going to sound bad, but, um, like this is as bad as it's going to get, right. It's not going to get any worse than this. So that's what I had to tell myself, but I didn't, and I was able to mentally tough guy through however you want to call, but I didn't know a lot about breathing, about how, you know, uh, your breathing helps so much in these types of situations. Um, and that's what I learned from Reed. So I was able to, you know, uh, the, so Yes, to answer your question, yes, it does get easier, but it's more because you, I feel like it's because you learn more and you learn how to control things, which is what uh, what um, Reed is talking about when he talks about the Wim Hof method and, and how you change those things, um, the mind, the mindset and how you can change the way your body's receiving it and the perception. Um, but the breath work is what kind of brought it to another level of actually being able, you know, to stay in. I think the video read that we have of, me the, at the first day of the Wim Hof method. And this is after I'd been doing, you know, cold plunges at Banya for a while and staying in for, you know, a minute and a half. I was, the video is over three minutes long. So I was able to stay like in an ice bath for over three minutes. And that is fully to do, has everything to do with breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we did the breath work before and then in yeah. the water, there's a way to, that you breathe long exhales yep. um, because breathing, is the bridge between the somatic and autonomic nervous system. So it's it's the easy it's the it's like the easiest way to hack into the nervous system is learning how to control your breath. Whether it's a stressful situation and you want to be relaxed or or you need to like kick into gear and get going and create extra energy, um, breathing can hack all of that. Um, Which is interesting because that's almost kind of well as as what I've been being taught is from yoga it's all about breathing and the flow state mm-hmm. of yoga is the breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it seems like it somewhat correlates. Oh yeah. Uh, Wim Hof method um, is heavily influenced from several different yogic and tantric traditions in the East. It's, and it's like, it takes all of these parts and it boils it down. into just a very simple practice that anybody can do. I mean, 15 yeah. minutes of breathing, you know, a few minutes sitting and practicing your visualization after the breathing. And then, you know, two to five minute cold shower and you're doing the Wim Hof method. And, and, uh, you know, obviously like, like we were talking about when you, when you learn to do it consistently, it becomes, you, you tap into those flow states and you really are able to benefit from the long-term use of these sort of these lost elements, you know, yeah. we've, you know, we've, we've evolved for a million years, humans evolved to be able to withstand the stresses of nature. And that means getting frozen sometimes. That means having to like fast, you know, being forced into not eating for a couple of days sometimes, or having to um, go through long bouts of extreme exertion, whether you're running from prey or you're cha- or running from predators or, or you're chasing down prey, or you have to, you know, beat the elements. And all of a sudden, the last few hundred years and some industrialization and quote unquote modern times, and we just turn up the thermostat now, or we put on an extra layer, uh, you know, our long johns and everything else, and the body stop, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And these um, ancient, anti-fragile, robust elements that were built into us over a million years of evolution are now going dormant because we've taken out these elements of having to breathe, um, having having to, you know, exert ourselves, having to freeze. Um, you know, that's why sauna and ice pools and contrast therapy are so beneficial for our health is because 
Um, we used to have to do that all the time before this quote unquote modern world. Yeah. Yeah. And for me personally, I've been very interested in it because of, well, one, the cold, the cold water portion, because I have uh, always had an interest in, I do Ironman events or, you know, open water swims and the water can be cold, uh, but not ice bath cold, right? When at La Quinta, the water could be in the high forties, which is not obviously ice bath cold, but for me, diving in that water, even in a wetsuit, hitting that water off the start, you don't get to warm up. Um, it, it's overwhelming, right? Yeah. And it, it shocks the system. You can't get your breathing. So you feel like you're hyperventilating and it, it's, it's a brutal 10 minutes until you can finally get that under control. So one for that, I've always had a, an interest in it. And then beyond that, I actually have a friend who is, uh, attempting to swim the channel. Right. And again, it's in the low sixties, but you're in that water for 11 hours or 12 right. hours. And my, you know, I've been really interested in doing open water swims. There's one in Tahoe where you swim the length of Tahoe. And again, that water is, yeah, it may be in the low sixties, but it's for a very long period of time. Um, the coldest water I've ever swam in was last year. I went on a um, trip to a bunch of the national parks and I got into every single lake Crater Lake was by far one mm. of the coldest waters that I got in, but I got in there and swam a couple hundred yards in there. And, um, so yeah, so those methods, you know, you're, the, the methods of being able to breathe and withstand the cold have been, uh, of interest to me. Mm, absolutely. Yep. Uh, it's, it's all about training the thermogenesis process. It's like this, you know, when your body adjusts after that first 10 minutes and you really, I mean, there's a point where your body is able to really adapt. Um, and, and warm on the inside, obviously movement helps swimming helps and doing, you know, do it, but we can do it even just by sitting in ice water, um, at a certain point, the body will learn how to adjust and how to create more heat. You know, the body's creating heat all the time. Yeah. So, so I have a question. So when you start the breathing methods, does it make the submersion easier or does it make adapting once you're submerged? Easier. Both. 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 I don't know about easier. The adaptation process is never, I wouldn't call it easy. I will just, I just think that it, it's, you're able to adapt to the shock more smoothly. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the anxiety, the, the panic, right. the panic. So for example, like when you get in, the first thing that most people want to do is they, <gasps> and you're breathing in crazy way which is programming your nervous system to go into a crazy state because the the nervous you know your state controls your breathing and your breathing also controls your state and so um you know when you're when you know that um and you really know how to control the breathing mechanism with a good strong diaphragmatic breath um and a long exhale when you get in the water um it changes, it changes everything it slows your heart rate down um it allows your nervous system to go from fight or flight to, to the rest to the parasympathetic rest and digest state quicker and more smoothly. But it's, it's never easy. Someone asked me in one of my workshops, I got in the, I usually get in the ice after everybody's done um, just because it's a free ice bath and I have it set up, you know, but, <laughs> and everybody like watches me all careful. And I never do more than two minutes in front of any of my new students. I always just sit for two minutes. I do the, the basic simple protocol. Um, and, and, uh, um, the you know the breathing being able to when i get in the main difference is um they so someone asked me does it ever get easy i said it never gets easy the shock is the most valuable part of it and just that shock is so important for the nervous system it's a it's a deep reset um that we again we are addicted to comfort in our modern days we've we've removed the shocks from our lives and we consider shock a bad thing and uh you know this is like microdosing um one of the strongest forms of chaos you know you're microdosing serious difficulty i mean the cold is some everybody tells me you know i don't do well with the cold oh i really don't like cold who does <laughs> yeah yeah exactly who does when it's when it's covered your whole body in ice water and there's no getting out of it i mean this is you know it's it's a serious stressor but it's a stressor that leads to improved immune function and you know, improved, uh, you know, it removes CPTSD, complex PTSD, mm -hmm. being treated with therapy. That's what, you know, they've been using it for a long time, it's, but it's just like this forgotten element. 
There's also some level of uh, helping reduce, or I don't know if it's activate, what the right term is, but hard to uh, lose fat or hard to burn fat. Is there some level of that that happens with cold water? Yeah. um, So the Wim Hof method, um, you know, like like the fundamental elements of the Wim Hof method is to learn how to make the body heat itself without having to shiver. And so we turn the shiver in our practice, we turn the shiver mechanism off and we turn, um, we turn brown fat stimulation on. Brown fat is a prehistoric fat that we, ha- that we no longer really have very much of because we've stopped using it. It's one of these atrophied organs. Um, and it sits at the top of the chest and at the, at the nape of the neck. And it's about the size of your palm. Um, and it's brown because it's chock full of mitochondria. But it doesn't really get, it doesn't have neural circuits connected to it anymore. You know, it's like an appendix. It's like this thing that they don't really know why it exists, but it's in babies and it's in mammals like dogs and cats. And that's why they don't shiver so much when they get cold is because they have more brown fat, which means that their metabolism is able to kick into an overdrive and they can create more heat on the inside. And so, um, you know, we're, we're like creating these neural circuits to stimulate this ancient organ so that the body can heat itself from the inside. Um, so that's like, that's like the crux of, of the uh, thermogenesis, which is, which is kind of the idea, which breathing helps with it. Um, really, it's, it's repeated practice. It's doing it over and over mm-hmm. again to like awaken this ancient primitive neural circuit, um, you know, that's, that's, that's still there. So, okay, sorry, long, I always do that. I go off on the science. So you asked me about- no, That's why we're here, yeah. So what, it helps with burning fat, Wim Hof method does. But actually, if you use cold water in a slightly different way, and I use it in a lot of different ways, um, and you allow the body to shiver, um, the shiver mechanism, although it's generally not very pleasant, it actually um, helps the body burn white fat and create more brown fat. So um, yes, not a lot, but but um, it is a metabolic process, and just the movement um, helps burn fat. And like uh, Andrew Huberman, who uh, is a great that's modern that's you know, scientist, right. biohacker, yep. right? He he, um, uh, he he talks a lot about this. He talks a lot about the, the difference between, you know, using cold water therapy in order to enhance immune function and mind over matter Wim Hof method versus using it in order to burn fat. It burns a little bit if you allow the body to shiver. Shivering is also really good because it it's one of the primitive ways that the body releases um, psychological trauma and psychological stress. Um, and pain, you know, if you see a dog like get bumped really hard and it gets hurt, what's the first thing that it does? It just shakes it off. Um, and when people go into deep therapy, diff, you know, deep gestalt therapy or, um, you know, different psychological therapies, sometimes when they release trauma, you'll notice that the body also shakes. Um, and shivering is a, is a really powerful sort of ancient mechanism to do that. But to be true to the Wim Hof method, we learn to like overrun the shiver mechanism through- It's interesting that you, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I was actually, one of the questions I was going to ask you is when I've done the Ironman or I've done another event, it's called the world's toughest mudder. It's a 24 hour kind of obstacle course where you're running this obstacle course. You're in and out of cold water. You are wearing a wetsuit for a lot of it, but after every half Ironman, it doesn't happen. But after, after, uh, really long events, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, all 24 hour events. When I'm done, I come across the line, whatever, you're hot, you're sweating. Mm. Within about 20 minutes, my goal was always to get back to the hotel and in a hot shower. Because if I don't, if I'm there, Mm. my body starts to shake and I get extreme shivers and get extremely cold Mm -hmm. after exerting for that long of a period to the point where, you know, I'm shaking. Interesting. Um, So it's kind of, it's interesting that you talk about trauma and you know my body i always looked at it as i've used so much energy that i no longer have the ability to regulate (laughs) my body temperature hmm i want yeah that might be what it is um i i don't i don't know specifically about um like exertion induced shivering but yeah it sounds like it or maybe you're having an after drop depending on how cold it was i mean you're burning a bunch of um a bunch of energy you know with all that physical exertion and then you're going to get into if you're jumping into like ice cold um, bodies of water or whatever, you know, at a certain point, you know, you probably just have some cold blood also in your, in your face <laughs> and then it's in with your core. And it's like a little bit of a, maybe it might be like a mild hypothermic response. It could be, um, yeah. definitely yeah. makes sense to just also be shivering. 
sometimes after a lot of capoeira, I'll just like shiver for a little bit, and then I'll become completely still. Um, yeah. I well, I started thinking of the breathing method and thinking, mm -hmm. hmm, if I could apply the breathing method in that time that I was having those issues, would I actually be able to regulate the body and mm -hmm. stop it? I don't know. I would think so. On that, that was the biggest game changer for me, actually, is when I took the workshop and I was in the ice bath and you read your next to me and you said, uh, you can breathe in as fast as you need to, but when you exhale, exhale slowly. And it, it helps so much. And then also I um, made a con because when you're issuing, you are like how Reed was talking about breathing, you have this like panic response, like that when you're breathing into your mouth, you know, you always hear jokes about oh, mouth breathers and stuff like that. And, um, but you're actually breathing. We're not supposed to breathe through our mouth, right? We're supposed to breathe through our nose. Um, there's a great book by uh, James Nestor called Breathe that I would recommend to anybody who wants to learn more about like the biology of breathing too, just like how our bodies are formed. Um, but we're only supposed to be breathing through our mouth, but we cannot breathe through our nose, right? It's an emergency response. So when, we op when we're open mouth breathing, where the cortisol levels are going up and we're sending our body into a state of, hey, uh, like I'm in immediate danger, right? And that's how I think of it too. And like, that's why that slowing down of the breath, the exhale on the way out is able to bring those cortisol levels back down. Like, okay, like, and it's also very, like Reed, you're like mentioning, like uh, for me, it's like therapeutic. I know I mentioned like, oh, it was like I was able to stay in for three minutes, but also I really encourage people. It's like now for me, the, it, the cold is different. It's not like at first it was a challenge because I was just trying to get used to it. And I'm like, how long can I stay in, you know? Mm -hmm. But now it's more about like what I think of it more as like, what I need and what my body needs, right? Like when I go do, you know, a cold plunge, so to speak, at Golden Guardians, like in the sound, right, here in Seattle, it's it's not about how long I stay in. It's more about like what my body needs, like an almost, as for lack of better words, like a spiritual experience, you know? I might go out there and I'm just doing my breathing and I'm working through it, you know, until I feel any like tightness or panic leave my body and you kind of reach a zen state, so to speak, and you know, you get out. And once you get out of that cold water and you're out in the air, you don't feel cold anymore. Like you actually, it feels, you feel warm. Um, but I'm gonna stop now because she's the expert here. But that's been, you know, some of my, a lot of my experience with it. And for me, it's not so much about like, how long can I stay in the cold water? It's more about what do I, what do I need? Because I'm giving myself something I need. Like that, that cold water is actually something that, um, like, I know it's going to be hard and it doesn't ever get easy, but I do crave it because I crave that feeling of like during and after as strange as that sounds. So in that way, it, it does get a little bit easier because it starts to become something that you really, you need, I guess, for me. But it, it becomes enjoyable. The body starts mm -hmm. to crave it. And, yeah. you know, the ability to adapt, you know, like you're talking about, you get out and you're no longer cold. Um, the ability to adapt is like real freedom. It's like true, liber you've liberated your, your body and your mind from being trapped. And um, that's like what the difficulty of it teaches us and the feeling um, from that. I mean, it's first of all, it's exhilarating. Your body makes extra endorphins, tryptamines, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, anandamide, all of these have this cocktail of powerful, happy hormones, this cascade of it. And you feel the exhilaration from it because you have shocked your body into forcing it to adapt. So you've broken out of jail. And that's what that shock is. That's what that lightning is. When you get in that cold water and people's eyes open up, you're seeing how alive you really are, how much power you really have. And the adaptation is like, is everything, I think. At least that's that's really the health benefits of it. Um, you know, the long-lasting health benefits. Yeah, I remember the first, I talked to you about it, the first like cold plunge I ever did by myself that was outside at Golden Gardens. It was March, it was like 42 degrees outside. And, you know, it was it was a mental thing for me because it, you know, I was like, for some reason I had never done a cold, like an outdoor cold plunge, you know, by myself or I sat in like, I was kind of like intimidated, I guess. I don't know. And I like, I was like, no, you told yourself last night, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. So I went out there. I literally like, I made it an experience. Like I brought my stage, like I listened mm -hmm. to meditation. I did some breath work. Um, and then I just, I got in and it was when I just overcoming, just overcoming that it on top of the cold, right? By yourself, right? You're like, by yourself. Yeah, by myself. That was my whole point. I was like, um, 
it just, I can't even explain the feeling, you know, it is, it's really like you feel unstoppable, you know, and just like, there's just this, it is, it's almost like you're high. And <laughs> a really good high. It's a natural high, right? This yes. is what we did, you know, back in the, you know, it, it brings up that primal state, you know, of like in a good way. And I think it's just, I feel it now it's like at a point where it's like, you really, you know, I feel, I feel sad had I never experienced that in my life before, you know, and that's, I think it's so, it's so awesome, Reed, that, you know, you're sharing this, you know, women up alone, but you also are like sharing your practice with the world because like, I'm very passionate about like the world needs more of this, right? Like, mm -hmm. because that's how you, you break the, that's how a lot of people are also going to like break that glass ceiling, you know, for me, that was a really crazy, wonderful, like spiritual experience, so to speak. So free your mind with ice cold water <laughs> yep it's so easy yeah. right and it's free <laughs> go jump in a body of water so. well it's so funny because i have this pool in my backyard that i only get in you know from june to to mm -hmm. september right mm -hmm. it, it is uh you know whatever 20 30 000 gallons of cold water all year long or nine months out of the year that i could be using for this experience so uh i guess i'm gonna have to start Using oh, yeah <laughs> you catch it catch the bug you just wake up in the morning and you just walk directly out there yeah exactly <laughs> wake yourself up yeah oh, yeah well that is awesome so now you offer uh workshops in-person workshops is uh -huh. that how it works or are there online versions how's it I, work? Do in, I do in person i i've uh steered away from online for the last six months or so um, I was doing some online stuff. I'll do I'll do like private stuff online if people want to like arrange a private a corporate workshop or something like that. But I really prefer um, to do in person to where we can really get deep with the breathing mechanism. Um, I can answer, you know, a lot of get deeper into the science and get this group synergy going and then, you know, coach people directly in the ice bath. It's a lot more powerful. I, 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 it's a lot more enjoyable for me um, to do it that way. Um, so I do public stuff. I do private stuff. I do some one-on-one -on -one and I do a lot of corporate. I'm doing more and more corporate workshops as well. That's um, very deep. Yeah. And I also teach um, meditation and, uh, you know, movement techniques and other other forms of breathing as well. Yeah. So, so now, so for all those people that aren't as lucky as you and I read to live in Southern California, yeah. uh, you know, all those people in Seattle and places mm -hmm. like that, um, yeah. are there instructors throughout the country that have been certified? Yeah, yeah. There's a... Uh, about 500 Wim Hof Method instructors worldwide. Um, I'm a level two instructor. And so level two, I think there's about a hundred of us. Um, and uh, there's a great, actually there's a great teacher in Seattle, Matt, Matt Sewell. Um, there's, I have friends all over that are teaching, um, doing these workshops. Um, so if you go to wimhoffmethod.com, you can see where there's a workshop in your area and there most likely will be. If there isn't, get at me, you know, read it, readwasp.com and I'll be happy to, uh, to do some uh, some online stuff and some one-on-one -on -one coaching and just to get people so that they understand how to really do the practice. That's very cool. Well, I'll put it in the in the notes, but I'll make and and tag it. But it is it's R E E D mm -hmm. and then W A S S E R dot com is your website, right? That's it. Yeah. Yep. And that's the same on Instagram and everything, right? Everywhere else. Yeah. That's great. So now, how long are the workshops? Four to five hours. Four to five. Hours. So it's a one-day thing. It's, yeah, it's a half day, you know, to a day. It's um, uh, about 90 minutes of me breaking down the science and the practice and going through, you know, a, you know, a bunch of different scientific studies, why it works, and then, um, you know, the technique, how to really do it, how to really breathe, um, and uh, um, and then, you know, what happens in the in the cold and, and how to do it. So then after that, we do about a 30-minute or so breathwork practice, um, and then we'll couple that with some meditation and some movement. Um, we'll have a, like a solid movement session where we do um, what they call Hof Chi, which is like a horse dance. It mm -hmm. looks almost like young, which is coordinated breathing and movement. Um, and then uh, and then we do a group ice bath together. So yeah, you know, with break times and snacks, it's usually four or five hours. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is the ice bath the the thing that closes the day out? Oh yeah, yeah. It's the pinnacle. <laughs> it's, that's where we end it. We end yes. it. With that's yeah. awesome. And it's also just like such a, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. No, no. Um, just taking these um, 
classes too is it's such a great way to meet other people in that community as well. Um, so for me, that was a another part of the experience as the in person too. It's just it's so great to surround yourself by people that are in the same community and learning the same thing, and you just have so much to share together. Like um, I don't know, it's a real. That's a really I totally understand why it's like you're getting away from the online and doing more of the in person. Because after being at an in person, like I can't even imagine like doing something. It just it's not the same thing at all. I mean, as actually being there teach people how to do it for themselves but mm -hmm. it's so much more powerful with the group dynamic exactly yeah magical yeah every time well, that's cool just sharing it i you know every workshop i do i'm just like man i love it because of that feeling yeah yeah yep. this. yeah well i i completely identify with the idea of being with people in the same mindset you know it's funny whether it's the crossfit community right or triathlon community you start to find these like-minded people and when i started to start the practice of meditating it was one of those things where nobody in my family meditates i don't know who meditates right or you know they, at least they don't talk about it so it was very i was very i guess by myself but i you know i met some people and was starting to do it but you start to identify with all of these individuals that are doing it and it's, you know, it's very like-minded and, yeah. uh, becomes yeah. a culture. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Returning back to the elements, returning back to nature, some kind yeah. of neoplatonism, you know? Exactly. Well, when is your, you said you had some workshops coming up. When are your, when are your next workshops? Next one is October 16th uh, as a right. fundamentals workshop in Long Beach. And then a week later, I have one on October 23rd, another fundamentals workshop. And uh, October 24th is my advanced workshop. So that's what I have on the board publicly right now. I'll be putting more up probably in mid-December, early mid-December. Um, and then I'll get some more going in the new year. How many people are usually in a class? Uh, 20 people. I usually cap it at 20 max. Yeah. Yeah. Then I think it really gives me the opportunity to give everybody the attention that they deserve um, and that you pay for. So I can really check everyone's you know, breathing patterns and, you know, I'm there with each person as they get into the ice and I'm coaching you to, you know, on how to breathe and what to focus on. And so, uh, you know, 20 people is, I, I really like it. Small groups. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, October 16th, we'll be in Arizona. That is the day before yeah. my race. Oh yeah. But, uh, it actually would be pretty cool coming off of that. Possibly yeah. That next that'd week. That'd be perfect. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. I'd love to have That'd be you. Cool. All right. Well, now yes, I got to get online like, and look at it. That's right. Nice. Well, cool. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. It was, uh, you know, I've watched the videos and uh, many times actually. I've watched some of the different. Uh, they're almost like viral clips. I've, I don't know if it was Venture or somebody who did, you know, some videos where they took a group up with Wim Hof and mm -hmm. up there to wherever he lives and they went in the river and, and, you know, you just mm -hmm. watch the whole thing. Um, but to get to hear you explain it, um, it's really good. It's uh, very interesting. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Well, cool. Well, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. And uh, I will be connecting with you soon, I think. Oh, I can't wait to see you down here, man. Let's do it. Yes, that'll be Thank awesome. Guys. We'll do it. All right. Well, we will let you go. Um, you and I will, uh, we got another, we got to book another guest coming up here, Katie. Yeah, I know. Who's it going to be? We're going to have to have Reed back on after you go to the workshop. I think that's what we're going to do, Chris. That would be a really cool conversation to have afterwards, kind yeah, of get everybody's first time experience. That would be great. Yes, exactly. Well, very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you, Katie. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, where can people find you, Katie, just so uh, if they're oh, interested? So the, the longest email and Instagram handle ever. <laughs> Currently, my last name. I'll just go with email. So it's Bishop, just how it sounds. Bishop.katie, K A T I E, the letter M like me. So bishop.katiem at gmail.com. Um, you can read uh, my Instagram handle, which I always forget sometimes. So I actually have to pull it up on the phone. Um, is Katie M like May underscore Bishop. So that'll all be changing eventually so that I'm easier to find. <laughs> but Katie, we were M just like having May that discussion yesterday. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm like having to like read. I'm like, am I data Brit? Like, it sounds like I'm like, you know, going through the whole contact information of, you know, 
where to send a package. So eventually, Your name eventually, it's too change. common. You don't have it's just, it's a, too, an uncommon name. I don't. Too basic. So Katie Bishop one five seven eight two one. Yeah, you got to come up with something. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard. That's why it's like my full name and my middle initial because there's too many, there's too many of us out there. So. Well, very cool. Well, yes, I re- highly recommend looking up Katie for sure, because uh, which has been cool to hear from you, actually, that uh, through the videos and through things like that, that you've actually had people contacting you. I have. Yeah. yeah so thanks so much. Yeah. A couple ultra runners already um, and a few more triathletes. And so, you know, I'm always up to help. Any questions that you have, just shoot me a message. Um, I'm sure Reed feels the same. But like you said, just message him on his as far as like breath work goes or things like that, wanting to get in touch for um, classes to take. And yeah, but it's been really great. It's um, working with you, Chris. And I think a lot of it comes with, you know, I, I don't, there's not many people I know. <laughs> that have the amount of dedication that Chris does every single day to wake up so early and, and do that. And I, I really admire that. So um, thanks so much for having me on. So I think a lot of it, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, they admire your dedication and, and they want to see who you're working with. So thanks. I think they just like to see me suffer. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that too, maybe. <laughs> they probably feel the same way about Reed when they see him jump into ice cold water. They're like, yeah. how is he not? suffering right now you know it's our it's our flow space guys what can we say you know exactly that's right yeah we choose to suffer now so that we don't suffer by accident later well it's so funny because today i went on a run this morning and i actually shot a video through the run which will be my next video but it's basically uh hard things doing hard things Mm -hmm. and you should do hard things every day. Right. And yeah, yeah you, absolutely. I know so many people who they don't want to wake up early. It's hard. They don't want to work out. They don't want to sweat. You know, they don't want any discomfort. They will do, ev- they will go out of their way. They will they, do hard things to not do hard things. <laughs> conversations that we, that we know we have to have sometimes as well. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. and things build, yeah. you don't do it and they just build up. It's like they yep. clog your life's arteries. You know what I mean? Um, yes. That's so true. Yeah. Everything intertwined, everything, yeah. physical, and mental, all of it. And that's what excites me about this is it's a hard thing. Oh yeah, I see it as mm-hmm. obviously the breathing, it's it's not portrayed as being hard to breathe, right? Or the, the breathing method, but getting in that ice mentally, oh yeah, that's a hard thing. Well, dedicating yourself to doing the breath work every day so that it actually really works long-term is difficult. Most people don't want to take the, why don't I take 15 minutes to breathe when I breathe all the time, you know? Or what, whatever excuse people have. I mean, it, it takes effort. It takes inten- it takes an intentional lifestyle to do it, mm-hmm. and it's an you know absolutely yeah. an intentional lifestyle. Yeah, I like that. That's, That's right. the quote. That's the quote. An intentional lifestyle, right there. <laughs> By That's where we're ending it. <laughs> you, you guys are shining examples. I mean, Chris, when I see you on Instagram, it may, it literally makes me like, all right, I'm jogging today. I'm getting out, I'm <laughs> doing the hard movement. I'm not just going to do my normal routine capoeira, which feels so good, but sometimes it's great. But sometimes I need to like move some weights and I need to really just focus on my fitness and just get out there and do the more difficult things. It's it's difficult. And, and seeing other people do it, the way you eat, Katie, and the way that you move and the way that you exercise and your daily commitment to it and just the way that it like seeps out of your pores, it, it creates culture it makes people move it creates a movement yeah. a mover's movement you know it gets people. Yeah, yeah and again like this is why i can't stress enough community people we all need each other right the three of us on this podcast right now we all need each other for very for very different reasons right so we cannot like folks that we we talk about like bringing like-minded people together but it might they might not always look like-minded right you might not put the three of us in a room right but it's like, I think that's the really cool thing about just like health in general, right? It's not just physical. It's not just mental. It's not just, so it go going out of your comfort zone too, to meet new people, right? Who might not be like in your circle, like your gym circle or your triathlon circle or Capoeira or Wim Hof, you know, um, oh, yeah. there's a lot of amazing people out there. Um, and this is just another really awesome way to, to bring everybody together. So, so thankful for you guys right now. Thanks for having me. <laughs> It's true. Well, thank you guys. Of course. All, right. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. And that is the end of the show. So uh, I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Peace Bye, guys. Everybody.
take care. It's the coldest hand that run down this land where the ocean lands. It's the tallest sound, the damn smallest crowd, but the hearts break loud. Far from ever feeling lost with me, I'll push you back towards the land and sea. Crown with me.